0: On today's episode of Hardwood Hot Takes, we are breaking down all the action from the first two rounds of the NCAA Tournament. There is so much to get into, so let's do it. All right, welcome back. Hardwood Hot Takes, episode 20, and we are coming off one of... My favorite, if not favorite, uh, couple of days of the year. It was an awesome first two rounds of the tournament. And there's so much to get into. But uh, what are our initial reactions coming out of these last 48 hours? I guess seven, 48 hours of basketball because there were 12 each day. But
1: Yeah, this... It's been so much fun. This has been a really phenomenal tournament all the way around. I I really think it's as good, if not better, than we expected just with how crazy this entire year went. Um, Just wild college basketball all around, and it's been so much fun.
2: You know what? I'm going to be really honest. I don't think it has been quite as wild as it's been in the past. I think if you decided to go with the chalk in your bracket, you are uh, looking pretty nice this year. I think there's only been a couple of upsets that were – Really not forecasted, but other than that, it's been pretty normal.
0: Yeah, I, I guess I, you're right. I mean, yeah. it's literally the first time in history that a 15 and a 16-seater both won games. That, that's true, but outside of
2: that, what do you have to look at?
0: Yeah, I, I. I mean, no. As as far as the Sweet 16 goes, there's not a ton of unprecedented teams. Um, but the first round there were some great upsets, and I think that's what you want. I mean, yes, I want to see the upsets in the Absolutely. first round. But then once it gets to the second weekend, I want good matchups. So this went exactly as I wanted to go. And yeah. I mean, it's not like there's, you know, no crazy. I mean, two one seeds are gone, and two or and what one two seed or two two seeds one two seeds gone. Um. Yeah. No. One. one two
1: seats gone. One. Two uh. No. Two seats. of them. Two of them. Yeah. Bar. Two. Arizona. Oh yeah. That's true. Yeah. I forgot they were two. I couldn't remember if they were two or one.
2: Fraudulent twos. Both For of real. them were
1: fraudulent twos. Nah. Nah. Marquette earned that too. I'm be honest. Marquette earned that too, and I still think they're a great team. Michigan State's just better. I mean, so March.
0: Arizona won their conference too. Well, they won the Pac-12. Highly
2: inconsistent. Arizona <laughs> won their conference.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Um. But
0: but yeah. I mean, a, a great first two days and. Like I said, there's there's a lot to talk to talk about so we can kind of get right into it. I think we'll just start from the beginning. On Thursday, uh, started off with, with two great games. West Virginia-Maryland went down to the buzzer. Maryland sneaks away with that one. Um, not, not too much to say there, right? Uh, great game, great way to start the tournament. Uh, but I think the game that, that we want to talk about in that early slate, furman virginia Uh, Furman kind of down the whole game didn't start off too hot uh, keeps himself in it battles all the way back and then Kihei Clark makes one of the dumbest passes that we've ever seen in the game turns the ball over with a few seconds left Furman hits a three uh, to take the lead with just a second left and ends up upsetting
1: number four Virginia yeah, that was a pass only rivaled later by the one in the Memphis game. That one was abysmal too, but th- really, we all forecasted this firm an upset. Yeah. I'm not surprised that Virginia goes out early. I it's, said it was my lock of the
0: first round, so yes.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, we were all pretty on top of this one and not surprised by it. Many people were, but this Virginia team just didn't really seem to hold steam towards the end of the season.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: I was surprised by the way it went down, but I wasn't necessarily surprised that it happened.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think Virginia and Purdue have established themselves as the two least trustworthy, uh, heavy favorite seeds in the first round. If the, I, I don't know yeah. if I'm even making sense there, but you, you understand what I mean, right? Yeah, Virginia, trust, they're trust they're
1: Virginia just, like every once,
2: f- every four years. They're yeah. incredibly susceptible to upsets, and I think we could all kind of tell that going in. I mean, we all said Furman was going to get that upset last week on our show, so I mean, not I'm not at all surprised by what happened, but I do think – Kihei Clark, is d- that will go down as one of the dumbest plays we've seen in March in quite some time.
1: Yeah, it's sad to see him end his career at Virginia that way too, especially yeah. after all he's achieved there. Yeah, yeah. so that was definitely one of the highlights of the day. Not the biggest
0: upset of the day, but probably the most exciting one. Um, then later on the afternoon, we had Utah State-Missouri. Not anything notable there. Uh, Missouri kind of handled business with uh, with a uh, Mountain West team that, that just wasn't all that good.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I told you guys you can't really trust the Mountain West as much as I'd like to. They're great in the regular season, then they just really seem to fumble the bag once it's tournament time. Because that Utah State team, similar to Missouri, they're really based around the three ball, and it just wasn't falling that game. So they were not going to win.
2: Yeah, I think you could definitely flip a coin to determine the winner of that game. I may mean, maybe if it's a different day, Utah State wins it just yeah, because of whoever you know, was on was going to you know, win. You live by the three, you die by the three. That's just what happens there. Uh, but, you know, there is one team you can trust out of the Mountain West, and that happened to, me like, happened to be my lock of the first round. So, But outside of that, it was a pretty bad week overall for the Mountain West.
0: Yeah, then a pair of one-seed games, uh, Alabama and Kansas kind of played some close first halves but took care of business. Um, then College of Charleston versus San Diego State. This is a pretty good game, close kind of the whole way. I think there were a lot of people picking College of Charleston, especially with San Diego State being a Mountain West team. Uh, Not I. But, yeah, no, I, I took them in my bracket as well, and San Diego State took care of business and got the first uh, Mountain West win in, what was it, like 11 games since like 2017 or
2: 18 or something yeah, like that. Yeah,
1: it was a pretty bad streak.
2: I had San Diego State winning this game because I thought that was going to be the trap people would fall into, you yep. know? They're a 12 seed. They've been one of the better mid-majors all year College of Charleston had. They've got 30-plus wins. Why not pick this team, right? Yeah, That's what Vegas wants you to do. That's what Vegas wants you to do, and they want your money.
1: There was too much expectation on Charleston to get the upset because most of the time I feel like it's never the team that everyone's like, oh, this is this yeah. is going to be the upset. It's It never plays out that way. It's always the team that no one expected to be the upset, and I don't think that those smaller teams can survive the pressure of having any kind of favor. It just works a lot better if it's a surprise that they're any good. Yeah, um, the next one here,
0: this was the biggest upset of the day, Princeton versus Arizona. Princeton takes down number two seed Arizona. And this was the biggest upset of the day, but it wasn't the most exciting one because Princeton was just better than Arizona. It seemed like the whole way they were just a better team. They were filled with seniors, 50-year seniors, seemed more experienced and, and really kind of handled Arizona. I mean, I would easily. I'd have to assume they're smarter, right?
1: I mean, it's the difference of whether you're cramming your brain with knowledge or uh, various substances you can find in Tucson, which (laughs) there's not a lot of good ones out there. I'll say that much. But, no, th- I mean, it's not surprising that Arizona loses when they don't have an offense that's going because, I mean, this is a team that's absolutely garbage on defense and has not been able to have any sort of consistency all season long. I didn't have them going far, but I really didn't expect them to lose to Princeton. That 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 was dropping the ball.
2: Yeah, Dom, I'm in the same boat as you. I had them going out in the round of 32, I believe, to Missouri. Same here. Uh, but, you know, if their offense is not clicking, it's going to be a struggle for them, like you said. And you look at the box score, too. I mean, none of their guards went in double figures. They had to rely solely on Umar Balo and Azolas Tabellas for the offense. So without those guys getting anything going, it's going to hurt them a lot. Yeah, so big win for Princeton there. Obviously, we'll, we'll talk
0: about them a little more later as well. But, uh, you know, a 15 seed beat a 2 here, and it, it I don't want to say it wasn't surprising, but it just didn't really even feel like an upset. So that's kind of why there's not as much excitement around this one because yeah. it just felt like they were better. Um, then Illinois-Arkansas, this was another great one. Eight nines usually are. Um, was kind of close most of the way. Arkansas pulled away at the end. Was kind of just a more physical team, a little more talented, and, and Musselman gets
1: it done against the Illini. I was hoping Illinois got it done here. I don't know why. I just wasn't trusting Arkansas. Even though, for whatever reason, the must-bus always starts to roll in March, I think that Musselman is starting to get a bit of that March reputation that a certain certain guy has around here that Keegan's real fond of.
2: Yeah, I just don't understand how Musbus is just this wizard in March. I mean, like, you know, obviously the SEC tournament hasn't gone his way, at, like, really ever in his career at Arkansas, right? He's never made it to the finals yet. But the thing is, he's always made it to the second weekend of the tournament every single year that he's been at Arkansas, where there has been a tournament, keep that in mind. Uh, but you know, they, they're in it as an eight seed now, and I really didn't see a way they would make it through the first weekend. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, I think I had Illinois beating them just because, yep. you know, what I saw here in Thomson bowling arena simply mm-hmm. did not impress me. I thought they just turned the ball over too much. They were way too sloppy. And I've been saying it all year. They just don't really have that scary guard, like a JD Note, a Mason Jones, a Moses Moody that can really shoot you into games like they have had in the past. So really surprising to see what they were able to do this weekend.
1: Yeah, it's just a different Arkansas team than we've seen all season.
2: Yeah, and like
1: you said, he's
0: he's been successful in March, obviously was successful uh, at Nevada as well. Um, I think, actually, that San Diego State win was the first Mountain West win since his win at Nevada. That <laughs> the first sounds week. about right. <laughs> um, another 8-9 matchup, another SEC Big 10-8-9 matchup. The SEC prevails again, Auburn beating Iowa 83-75. Um, Iowa has been a team I've kind of been down on all season because they're definitely a, a three-point shooting team that if they're not super hot, isn't going to win games. Not that Iowa was bad in this game, but Auburn was kind of able to close out better than them. Uh, Auburn picks up a good one here.
1: Yeah, Auburn played really solid, and I, I picked Iowa because I thought this was a team that was just going to get hot and make all their threes a couple games in a row, and they just didn't, and they go out like a flame in the first round.
2: See, you have the saying January, February, March, or January, February, is a Gosh, I don't know why I fumbled that. But then you have the complete opposite of that, which is Fred McCaffrey. (laughs) Does not perform well in March. Does not ever make it to the second weekend. I'm not at all surprised by what happened here.
1: I guess I should learn to pick a little bit better when it comes to Mr. McCaffrey. Yeah, no, I
0: fell for Iowa last season after they made the run in the Big Ten tournament, and I did not fall for that trap this season. But uh, speaking of traps, after that game... I mean, another game that I think a lot of people fell for the trap. Oral Roberts has a 12. Everyone remembered them making the run in the past, and they're like, you know what? Maybe they'll do it again against Duke. Uh, That was not the case. Duke handled them very easily, 74-51, and people were very high on Duke after this game.
1: Yeah, Duke was on fire, and they looked like one of the best ter- games or one of the best teams in this tournament after this game. And this was Oral Roberts' team that was honestly pretty good, but they just got manhandled and outclassed by Duke. Just they didn't have that upset factor because they didn't have any kind of surprise on Duke. Duke knows who these guys are. Oral Roberts has been in the media because of their run in the past. It, it's a known team.
2: Yeah, you guys are on point about the whole trap thing with Laurel Roberts, but Duke had been playing well too, so they were a scary team to watch out for and, you know, really handled this game from the opening tip. And I had Duke in my finals, I will confess, but I will be happily wrong, I guess you could say.
0: Yeah. Um, Then later that evening, Texas handled business with Colgate, not much there. Uh, Northwestern beats Boise State. This one was, was close for a lot of the way, but uh, another loss for the Mountain West, and Northwestern and, and Boo Booey moved on there. Boo Booey versus Dom's
2: Broncos. Yep.
1: Yeah, that one was just unfortunate because Boise State really did have a very good season. Northwestern just, they have that guard, and we didn't quite have the answer for it because Booey was on, and, you know, it's just kind of how it goes. If we would have gotten a better matchup, I really think we would have been able to pick up at least one win, but... Uh, I guess I'll take it for now. Boise State looks a lot better than they have in the past. Yeah. Um, And then after all that, we had
0: to sit down and lock in for a Tennessee game at 9.50-something at night (laughs) to watch a 58-55 contest over Louisiana. This game was ugly. Tennessee started off not great. Um, They was able to kind of pull away towards the end of the half. Then at some point in the second half, they they let Louisiana go on a 13-0 scoring run to get back into the game. And... Just could not find any way to put it away towards the end, but uh, but Louisiana was just was just too bad that they couldn't beat us. I mean, if we faced if we faced a, a mid major team that could make threes, we would have lost this game. However, Louisiana was not one of those teams. Tennessee narrowly
1: escapes Louisiana. Yeah, that one was just a defensive slugfest, and you kind of got a hint of how Tennessee would be playing in this tournament. Very physical game. And honestly, I liked it to a degree because it shows that we can win a tight contest and keep a contest tight in March and still get through it. So it's not the worst, but if they were making shots, it would have been really hard. We would have had to have an answer.
2: Yeah, I I can't say I expected much from this Tennessee team in this game. I mean, I figured they'd win, obviously, but, you know, without Zakai, it's going to be tough to make a run in March, and that's kind of how it felt with this game, I think. Tennessee just really couldn't, you know, figure things out. And, you know, the turnovers were just a key factor in this game all game long, too. Just careless mistakes, it felt like, on the offensive end for Tennessee.
0: Yeah, but uh, survive and advance, right? Yep, that's mm-hmm. the three words that matter. Um, Houston beats Northern Kentucky. This one was a little closer than you would have thought it was, but but Houston survives again, survive and advance there. UCLA kills Asheville, and then Penn State kills AM, and um, which was pretty surprising.
1: Yeah, I thought this A&M team was a lot better than how they looked against Penn State. So that was a bit shocking to me. I definitely knew that Penn State was a good team. I just didn't think they were that good.
2: Penn State is really the Missouri of the Big Ten this year. They take a lot of threes, and when they get hot, watch out. And that's what Texas A&M ran into. Yeah, t-
0: tough loss for A&M there. You know, I think two years in a row they got hot towards the end of the season, but... Last year, obviously, didn't even get a chance in the tournament. This year, get that chance, kind of get under and and run into a hot Penn State team that the end of their season. Um, so that was, was day one, a, a pretty good day. Had two big upsets, um, and and we headed into day two, which was was kind of the opposite day for me. You know, On, on day one, I had to wait all the way until the end to watch Tennessee. Day two, I got thrown into it right out of the gate with Michigan State versus USC, Michigan State beats USC 72 62. Um, I would say this was super impressive for Michigan State, but they were able to kind of pull away at the end and, and beat a USC team who was, you know, one of the
1: better teams to Pac
0: 12, but that's not saying much.
1: Yeah. I I'm just not surprised about that one at all. USC was a solid team, but you know, they weren't that good. They were Pac twelve.
2: Yeah, I felt the same way. I'm not going to disagree with you guys at all. I thought Michigan State had this one pretty easily. I mean, USC, like we had said last week, you know, kind of challenged Tennessee a little bit earlier in the season, uh, but you know, it, they they just felt fraudulent all year long.
0: Yep. Um, then Xavier beats Kennesaw State 72 67. This was a game where Kennesaw State had a like 14 point lead at some point. It was kind of leading the whole game. Really should have pulled an upset here, but Xavier battles back and finds a way to win. Impressive performance from them down the stretch to come back from this because I think there are some some teams that may have kind of lied down in that situation. So big win for
1: Xavier there, but kind of stinks we didn't get to see another 14-3 upset. Yeah, that was a huge win for Xavier down the stretch. Just really solid defense. There was that block at the end that sealed the game. That was absolutely phenomenal from Xavier. But sad to see Kennesaw State lose out here. This was their first NCAA tournament appearance ever in school history. So they were on the cusp of something pretty special but Xavier just shows their class and gets it done.
2: Yeah, it would have been really awesome to see, but something we're all too used to here at Tennessee, especially, is scoring droughts. And when you don't score the last nine minutes of the game from the field, yeah, not you're not, not. going to win. That's what happened at Kennesaw State, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. A um, couple more high-seed versus low-seed games here uh, in, the, in the early afternoon. UCSB... Versus Baylor, Baylor takes care of business pretty easily there. A little close in the first half, but, but Baylor took care of business. VCU St. Mary's, and this was another one that a lot of people picked as an upset, but St. Mary's puts it away with a double-digit win and, and kind of silences the haters there.
1: gail has got him, baby.
2: Yeah, I I fell into that trap, I must say, uh, but I should have known better because the A-10 was the weakest it's been in quite some time honestly
0: yeah they're usually a, a multi-bit yeah, league so they're tough, usually solid tough for vcu but not really i mean st mary's was the better team there i don't, I don't really know why people just love picking 12 no twelve-five yeah. upsets this year um another 15-2 here vermont marquette vermont actually kept it close for about three-fourths of the game until marquette kind of pulled away at the end just was able to hit shots and they were just a better team um good first win for marquette but we'll get into them a little more later
1: yeah, good first win, but, you know. Um bye-bye Dom's bracket. <laughs> which which I, is why I actually have a new bracket now. Um, I made <laughs> You're making your little sweet 16. No, 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 I didn't even make that. I I made I made three brackets. I made one UT1, one, one just crazy one that had Duke winning in it. I just then,
2: make one and ride with it.
1: Yeah, that's fair. And then I had that Marquette bracket that I thought would be the most accurate. Nope. But my UT one has been on fire, honestly. It's been pretty good. That's stupid potential, man. It, we talk real. about it all the time. Uh, Final four still intact on that one. So that's my new one now because uh, that other one is a dumpster fire.
0: There you go. Um, speaking of dumpster fires, Pitt versus Iowa State. Iowa State <laughs> scored like no points, 41 points in an NCAA tournament game. Uh, Their lowest total since like the 40s or something they showed. uh, Just horrendous from Iowa State facing a a play-in team in Pitt. This was rough.
1: Yeah, I think there are teams in the 1940s that would have outscored Iowa State here. Uh, Just abysmal performance. This is the Iowa State we did not hope for if you hadn't picked. In my UT bracket, I I had Pitt picked. picked.
2: Yeah, if uh, you're watching this game, it set college basketball back about five or six decades, to say the least. I mean, I I had either Pittsburgh or Mississippi State winning this one in my bracket because I just thought Iowa State was falling off down the stretch, and they really were. I mean, outside of Baylor, they couldn't beat anybody in the yep. last month of the season, and here you go.
0: Yeah, kind of reminded me of that NC State Virginia game or Virginia Tech game that happened a few years back that was like. 19 to 20 at halftime or something like that and it was it ended up being like one of the low it was, i think it was 47
2: alone. 24 if i'm not mistaken yeah. it was the
0: final it was like one of the lowest scoring games iowa state was on pace for that but they, they picked it not, up
2: a, not quite that bad they, they picked it up a little bit in the <laughs> yep. second half
0: um but speaking of the wolf pack nc state loses by nine to creighton um on smith heck of an effort in this game but
1: uh, you can't beat creighton by yourself yeah, NC State was honestly very close at moments to this one, but Creighton just had too many good players, and NC State only had one real answer. Plus, there was that weird sort of scuffle going on on the NC State bench with players getting at each other. That, that's that been happening kind of frequently throughout this tournament. It's been a little bit weird to watch.
2: Yeah, I took Creighton here in this one. I think this is one of those games, again, where you know Vegas wants to get you. You see a team going up against a Big East team from another Power 5 conference, and you're like, okay, this team's got a good shot, but then you forget how tough it is to get through a big East team. And that's what happened here.
0: Yeah. Uh, UConn versus Iona. This is a weird one. Cause you know, in the box score, it says UConn won by 24 points, but Iona was in this game for like 75% of it. I don't really know what happened to the end. They kind of just collapsed. Rick Pitino was fighting there for a minute and we'll, we'll get into some Rick Pitino stuff, uh, here in a little bit, but, uh, Tough loss to them because they were really fighting for a while, but the UConn pulls away.
1: Yeah, UConn just has that kind of potential on offense to go on insane runs out of nowhere, and that's really what happened to Iona because they were in it a lot of the way, and then UConn just all of a sudden caught fire on offense and, and was unstoppable.
2: Yeah, you know, UConn and really Creighton have been like this all season. They've, you know, they had their start of the season in November that was spectacular Right, and then they just both had these rough patches where they lost five or six games at a time. But now they're starting to gel back together again, and they could potentially be a team, or both of them could be teams that go on big runs here late in March. Yep. Uh, And then my favorite game of the day,
0: FDU versus Purdue. (laughs) Um, I think I was cheering. I was literally standing up for the entire second half of this game. I was cheering harder for FDU than I was for any of my teams this whole tournament. It was just fun watching a 16 seed beat a one. Uh, I remember doing the same thing, you know, a, a couple of years ago when, when Virginia lost to UMBC. It's just fun to see that. Also, I just hate Zach Eadie and Purdue, so added extra layers. This was just such a fun game to watch, and and FDU just really figured out how to beat Purdue, right? I think you see, you know, a lot of times people were letting Zach Eadie catch the ball in the post and score and then kick it out, and they, they gave him these options. FDU didn't do that. They stopped these these passers from passing the ball in. They were they were bothering these passers on the wings, and they had two guys on Zach Eady pretty much at all times. They had helps. So they was they weren't letting Zach Eady just get these easy turnaround buckets and lobs. They really just said, you know what, we're gonna stop the Zach Eady play. If Purdue wants to hit a million threes and beat us, they can. And Purdue didn't do that. They honestly just stopped shooting towards the second half of the game
1: and FDU uh, just beat them with better coaching. Yeah, Purdue and their guards just got embarrassed because they didn't hit their shots, and then all of a sudden the confidence was gone. The momentum was completely behind FDU, a team that looks like their logo was designed maybe five minutes ago if that. Yeah, well, have a, no band. They don't piece. even have a band either. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then uh they got like a junior in college who goes to their school who's like their uh Yeah, media relations director. guy. Yeah.
2: Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh you know that Rothsteinism that m- death taxes Matt Painter. I don't think that applies in the tournament. I really don't. Because oh. look at look at all of the upset losses Purdue 13 has 13 seed, stomached. 15 yep. seed,
1: 16 seed. I mean, it's unbelievable. They're, try- they're trying to collect them all. It's crazy. Purdue, Purdue has lost to almost every single seed in the tournament Luckily for point.
0: Luckily for Purdue, there are no 17
2: seeds, so there's yeah. only up from here, I guess. Yeah. Per- yeah. Purdue and Virginia are the two teams, like I was saying earlier, that you just cannot trust in March yeah, to do the dif- anything. The
0: difference is... In between Virginia's abysmalness, they won a national championship. Yes. Exactly. So, but they
2: they have that. But what else do they have? Yeah. What else do I, you want them to have? Yeah. I would trade. I would trade
0: four first round losses for a national championship yeah. in a yeah. second. What okay, are you talking
2: about? we we do need to have a little discussion here. Which is worse, UMBC taking down Virginia or Fairleigh Dickinson beating Purdue? It is
1: so easily FDU winning because yeah. let's we have to break down the little factoid of the fact that. FDU was not even supposed to be in this. Merrimack Mm. won their conference tournament. And because of the NCAA rules where Merrimack was transitioning from D2 to D1, they were not allowed to compete in the postseason. So FDU gets the auto bid out of the second spot in that conference. They win their play-in game, and then they beat Purdue. Yeah, UMBC didn't have to play a play-in game. I see
2: arguments for both sides because of how UMBC beat Virginia in yeah, comparison to hell fairly dickinson Well won honestly,
0: I don't know. I'd rather get smacked than like lose when you thought you maybe had a chance. That's so, true. I don't mm-hmm. know. Also have to use the shortest team in NCAA, yep. uh, Purdue yeah, Purdue had tiny. Purdue with the tallest players so
1: um a real David versus Goliath matchup. Yeah.
0: Literally. Uh, so, tough loss for Purdue. They got some some soul-searching to do.
1: <laughs> um, Providence
0: first, Kentucky. Kentucky, by the way, now has not made a Final Four since 2015. Tough for them. Um, I guess we can't be talking as Tennessee fans, but uh, Kentucky is not the, the blue blood. There used to be blue bloods. Actually, no blue bloods left in the tournament. No Kentucky, Duke, Kansas, Carolina, Villanova. Jay Billis is crying on ESPN not right now. There. It's so crying. funny. I hate um, that guy so crying. much. Crying.
2: I guess UCLA is there, but yeah, otherwise. U- U- UCLA's
1: got their 13 chips um, or whatever.
0: Anyways, Kentucky beats Providence 61-53 in what uh, ended up being Ed Cooley's final game as a friar. And we'll t- we're going to talk about the coaching stuff in a minute, so we don't have to get into that right now. But
1: Yeah, this was a solid game from Kentucky, but I mean, I just can't help but focus on what happened in Kentucky after.
2: At no point did I trust the Friars to win this game just because of how they played down the stretch. (laughs) I did not. No, not a chance. Uh, And I thought Kentucky had played very well down the stretch, so I had to pick the Wildcats here. Yep. Uh, Gonzaga handles business with Grand
0: Canyon, and then Miami beats Drake. Uh, This one was a little closer for comfort. I think a lot of people picked this one too, and... Drake almost got the upset, but Miami and their guard play down the stretch were able to to handle business.
1: Yeah, unfortunately for me, Miami's been looking a lot better than I thought they would be. Um, I d- I picked them in the first round, but I didn't have them in that second round.
2: I have Miami in my final four for a reason. Now they can get it done late, and yeah, they did it there. here. But
0: um, FAU versus Memphis, FAU sneaks by in a last second uh, kind of floater shot to take down Memphis.
1: That game was actually really funny if you got to watch it. I watched, like, the final five minutes. There was just turnover after turnover. The Memphis Garbage bench... too. Yeah, the Memphis bench was literally about to fight each other. Throwing for, water you know, bottles. Yeah, the penny throws the water <laughs> bottle at the end of the game, and then they there's this sequence where uh, Memphis has the ball. All they need to do is hold on to it. Their guard chucks it. Uh, it gets stolen by FAU. They run it back down the court, and... Uh, FAU gets their shot to fall or whatever, and Memphis is – it was just a mess. And then they tried to get that timeout before the jump ball, and they couldn't get it. It was such a funny game.
2: Yeah, Penny, uh, he had that one coming to him after all the stuff he's done in the past. I mean, the the guy had to, the, the gall to, you know, criticize me for wearing a Tennessee shirt while I was working at a golf course this summer, and he just so happened to be playing there. So, uh, Penny, I'm not sorry for you, buddy.
1: I don't think anyone is. They, no. they really hate him. Um, he has not been well-loved in Tennessee. Just this Memphis team has been a bit of a joke for the past while. Yeah, at least I made a tournament. I mean, I don't know. He, he gets some good
0: recruits, but uh, can't seem to coach him to anything significant. Uh, Kansas State beats Montana State. Um, and then TCU sneaks by Arizona State. Uh, both the guys, your guys, win in the first round. uh, In fairly close
1: games. Yeah, uh, good performances all around for the guys. Marquise looking quite nice. We can get a little bit more into him later, but take it away on Mike Miles,
2: Tucker. Yeah, Mike Miles uh, got it done down the stretch against Arizona State, and Arizona State had impressed me in that first four game against Nevada. Uh, Maybe it's just because the Mountain West is frauds. Uh, I think that's probably why they got it done the way they did. Uh, But Arizona State's kind of a streaky team. They can you know, scare some big time opponents and that seemed to be what they did against TCU, but I didn't doubt that TCU would get it done in the first round at all.
0: Yeah, neither did I. Um, but uh almost didn't get it done. Arizona State hung around. Um Kent State versus Indiana. Indiana handles Kent State. I had
2: Kent State winning that one and I regret uh, poor it. Poor choice.
0: Um but that was it's okay though because Miami won. The last game on <laughs> Friday and uh Friday and, and Thursday were both Great days. I think you kind of got everything you wanted out of it. There were a couple of great, like, 8-9 type matchups. Uh, some great upsets. I think no complaints there. Um, then we headed into the round of 32 uh, starting on Saturday with a, a dud of a game. Furman-San Diego State. Furman falls flat. Team seems to happen a lot after an upset. The second game is... It's sometimes tough. There's not much there. Furman just couldn't make shots. They didn't hit anything for like the last eight minutes of the first half and could never catch up. San Diego State looked
1: pretty good in this one. Uh They move on. Yeah, San Diego State feels like they're kind of finally breaking through to where they've wanted it to be for the past while because they've undoubtedly been a good basketball school. They just could not get anything done in the tournament ever. This feels like their first kind of breakthrough.
2: Yeah, you know? this is just the price we got to pay for upsets. That's all i got to say.
0: But then we got Duke versus Tennessee. I was not super confident going in this game. I think most of the country was on Duke in this one. But Tennessee just beat up Duke. They weren't shooting that much better than Duke. They weren't turning the ball over that much less than Duke or playing. But they were just out physical Duke. They out mental Duke. They were just a tougher team on the floor. And because of that, they were able to pull away at the, win- at the end and take down the Blue Devils, 65-52. Yeah, this was a
1: really well-played game by Tennessee. As the game got closer, for whatever reason, I just kept getting a little bit more confident. And then once it started, I it was just like, okay, we're actually in this one. Just with Especially seeing that early Eros foul, I was like, okay, we're really in this. Because the thing with Duke is they're a young team. They always are. And if you're going to take a game to them, you just make it physical, and they immediately get really uncomfortable because they are not used to SEC-style basketball. It's just a different animal, and Tennessee just absolutely outmuscled this team. And Kamwa, what a game. When he's on, he the is com- The Kamwa
2: legacy games are always a... It, it, you're going to fall down when he plays like that, and that's what we saw against Texas. It's what we saw against Duke on Saturday. But I... Really did not have this one on my radar at all, if I'm being completely honest. I mean, after seeing what Duke did in the first round and what Tennessee did in the first round, it's like, okay, there's just no way Tennessee's going to get through here. But they did do it. So, yeah.
1: yeah, I'm I'll never, be happily wrong about that. I'm never doubting the Vols again because I, st- I was starting to before this tournament, and I'm like, I'm, we're not going to make that much of a run. But then we won the one game, and I started getting that belief back, and now now I've learned my lesson. you got to stick with this Tennessee team because they're the real deal
0: yeah and Duke or in Tennessee is back in the sweet 16 for the first time since 2019 um so g- good for them uh super excited about the matchup coming up there then we had Arkansas versus Kansas this was a, a an all-time classic game no bill sell for Kansas but uh, going back and forth lots of great matchups and Arkansas kind of just had the ball fall their way at the end of it and this was really a game that could have gone either way um big win for the must bust and and he uh moves on to the sweet 16 taking his shirt off yep. uh he he has definitely
1: been great in March yeah there's no denying it at this point Musselman has just been such a good March coach and I really did not expect this upset at all I thought Kansas was going to do pretty well I had him going at least to the elite eight uh but you know, Arkansas just gets this one done in dramatic fashion. And I mean,
0: like I said, this one was so close. I think if they had Bill Self, it probably goes the other way because I think it was just coming down to coaching right there at the end. And obviously the missed free throw rebound was really the reason that that it happened. So, I mean, kind of just a game that was too close to call and and, and losing your coach in in a game like that is tough.
2: Yeah, it's safe to say that the early slate on Saturday was uh, for the must-bust defenders and the Shire deniers. Exactly. Yep. (laughs)
0: Uh, next one we had was Princeton, Missouri, and Princeton just flat-out killed Missouri. You know, this is what I've seen all season, is that Missouri, when they win games, it's just because they score a lot, right? You're, Missouri's never holding anyone to under, like, 70 points. You're going to be able to get whatever you want against Missouri. But what happens a lot is they hit a million threes. They couldn't hit anything. Princeton was just flat-out better, beats them by 15. This game was really never
1: close. Princeton... A 15-seed dominates a 7-seed Missouri. Yeah, that was alarmingly easy for Princeton. And I actually had Mizzou uh, going on, so I I thought they were going to get into a little bit of a rhythm and just score a lot, and they don't score a lot in this one, so that's why they lose.
2: Yeah, I had Mizzou going on as well, and, you know, like you guys are saying, they live and die by the three, and that's what we saw in this game. And the other issue is, you know, when you want to do stuff like that, you play small ball, you forfeit your size, and you're rebounding. And that's what we saw here and what we've seen all season with Mizzou. They can only outscore you. They can't out-rebound you. And in a situation where the threes aren't going in and you can't get the rebounds, you're screwed. Yep.
0: Uh, Then another one, Houston-Auburn. This was a game where Auburn had a lead at the half, looked like Auburn in Birmingham, Alabama, had the crowd on their side and was going to take down another one seed, would have been our third one seed not moving on to the Sweet 16. However, Houston
1: rallies in the second half, proves why they're a one seed, wins 81-64. Yeah, I've been unfortunately impressed with Houston because I really thought these guys were pretenders all year long, and winning against Auburn, that's a tough game to win. They showed up against Northern Kentucky too, which, playing the 16 as a one can be a little bit hard just because of how the crowd will get behind any underdog, but Houston's just looked very solid at this tournament so far. I thought they would go out by now, uh, but They live another day.
2: Yeah, I'll admit, after the Northern Kentucky game, I thought Houston was on the struggle bus. Maybe Auburn had a chance. But then again, I was reminded that there's just still nothing that special with this Auburn team. I I just never felt like I saw anything special from them all season long, and that's just what it looked like down the stretch of this game. They didn't have a guy that could get a bucket when it mattered, and Houston just ran away with it.
0: Yep um another one a a much better game here one that went down the wire texas penn state uh this was one of my favorite games of the second round um a 71 66 victory for the longhorns texas kind of had a a lot of spots where you thought they were going to pull away but uh penn state kept fighting but uh but ultimately um it was uh what's his face it was Dylan DeSue, DeSue former Vanderbilt Commodore, for Texas goes off for 28 points and kind of wills them to this victory. He was unconscious down the stretch and a a great win for Texas to move on to the Sweet 16.
1: Yeah, Texas is continuing to prove themselves because that Penn State team really wasn't any kind of joke. They weren't a team to mess with. I think they had a real good shot at going a little bit far in this tournament once we saw what they did to Texas A&M. So I'm really impressed with Texas on this one, and Texas has shown that it has a couple of guys who can come alive down the stretch and win the game for them.
2: Yeah, like we said, Penn State shoots the ball really well, but at the end of the day, they're not a very deep team. Texas has probably one of the deepest teams I've seen all throughout the country, and you know they played well in that Big 12 tournament. Obviously, they smashed Kansas in the final. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Texas moving on to the Elite Eight. I don't have them winning in the championship. In fact, I think I have them going down in the Sweet 16, but... They're going to be a tough out for anybody.
0: Yep. Yeah. Then uh, I mean, we Northwestern, UCLA. Uh, Northwestern, you know, fought to the end of this game, but uh, UCLA was just ultimately ultimately a little bit better. Uh, down goes Boo Booey here, but uh, I had UCLA in my final four, and for good reason. I think even despite the injuries,
1: they're one of the better teams left in this tournament. They win by five. Yeah, UCLA has just played really strong and really consistent throughout this season, and I think that's why I'm willing to be pretty hot on them in the tournament. It's just the level of consistency they've had is quite impressive, and their game doesn't seem to fluctuate that much. I just feel like they're one of
2: the safer bets. Yeah, I think this one was a little bit scary for my bracket here for a second. I thought Northwestern had a decent chance to pull off the upset down the stretch, but you got to remember, it's Northwestern. They're not really used to this kind of success. They haven't been on the stage very often. And I think that part might have gotten them here.
0: Yep. Um, Then last game of the day, Maryland versus Alabama. This game kind of sucked. Bad day or bad way to end the day. I think I actually went to bed early this night because I was like, all right, this is done. They dominate them by 22 points. Um, Then on to Sunday, the final day of the first weekend. We start off, I I will preface, first two games – don't know a ton because I was in the car a little bit, so I'll let you guys take this one, but uh, Xavier beats Pitt. Seems like they did this pretty handily.
1: Yeah, this one, I don't think there's any real surprise in it. Xavier just played a solid game throughout, and Pittsburgh didn't really quite have an answer for him.
2: Yeah, the Musketeers were really, really efficient offensively, and frankly, Pittsburgh got there because they didn't have to they play. They against Iowa State. Pitt, <laughs> Mississippi State and Iowa State, two teams that I just thought were not gonna do really really make any kind of noise in the tournament and that's kind of how they ended up getting Xavier so then when they did have to play an actual team in Xavier it did not end well
0: yeah um and then the other one that happened in the morning uh Kentucky Kansas State I was able to catch most of the second half of this one on the radio um but basically the thing I just kept hearing was Marquis Noel hits a three <laughs> and then Marquise the guy. Noel hits a three another three Uh, and and the the radio guys kept talking about their football plays. It seemed like Kansas State just outplayed Kentucky down the stretch to win by six.
2: Dominic, I have something very unfortunate to tell you. John Calipari referred to Marquise Noel as the little kid in his press conference. I heard about That's that. That's a low blow. It's very, a very, lo- very low blow from Coach Cal. It's
1: a low blow from a guy who lost the game. I mean, I know. you got Oscar Sheeway and you still lose. I mean, get to a, grit, a little buddy. kid. Yeah, little kids beating you. Like, just look at this little guy. He's dribbling around your entire team, draining threes, and you've got no answer. I mean... Marquise Noel just lit this game up and completely took over, playing all 40 minutes with 27 points, 9 assists, and 2 rebounds. And it's so fun to watch him play, too, because his passing is actually really funny because a lot of times he passes it with one hand and he just chucks it at the guy like it's a fastball. And he's got good vision, too. Whenever he's not scoring, he's assisting. He's a guy who really gets it all done. Fantastic college ball player. And there's a reason he's the last of the guys standing. You know, this Kansas State team's good.
2: Yeah, and Kentucky, obviously, they have Oscar Sheeway and you know a bigger athletic guy in Jacob Toppin that they can pound the ball to inside. But the thing is, they've got these other guys, C.J. Frederick and Antonio Reeves, that they've relied on all season long to shoot from the perimeter. Antonio Reeves, check me here, I believe was one of ten from three in this game. He was abysmal. So that was part of the reason they went down, because they just didn't have any answer outside.
1: Yeah, Kentucky just... I mean, looking at the box score, uh, Kentucky went 4 of 20 from the three-point line. Which Can't do that. Kansas State actually only went 5 of 21, but I think... But all five of them came in the <laughs> last like two minutes of the game? Yeah, it was just dagger after dagger for them at the end. And then obviously the free-throw advantage from Kansas State is going to help a lot, which, you know, Kentucky's a team that should be getting down low. It's weird to see a guy as big as Chibwe. Like, he gets the boards, but... He doesn't go back up with it as frequently as you might like. I still think he played a phenomenal game, but Kentucky just didn't have the guy who was able to take over quite as well as Marquise.
0: Yep. Goodbye and good riddance to the Wildcats. Uh, From the Wildcats. Whatever way you want to say it, they're gone. Um. Oh yeah, <laughs> so I, I didn't even
1: catch that. <laughs> wildcat on Wildcat violence.
0: Um. Yep. Then we started the evening games uh, with Michigan State Marquette, and this was a great game. Question mark. Uh, it was a fun game to watch. There was a lot of energy going on, but. It was kind of some bad basketball. Marquette just went on a ton of cold streaks. They had a spot where they only shot one field goal for like eight minutes. They just kept turning the ball over. Michigan State started out hot in the first half, but then they went cold for the majority of the second half of the first half. It was just kind of a a game of runs. Uh, Michigan State with one of their worst three-point shooting performances the entire season, but they still take down the two-seed Marquette because that's just what Tom Izzo does in March and – Michigan State is moving on to the Sweet 16, and I now have two squads in the Sweet 16.
1: Yeah, Michigan State just played the better game in this one. They played more solid, more consistent, and I feel like Marquette really just crapped the bed um, because they they looked really good at points, and I I was really hot on Marquette all throughout the season. And they, they went 11 of 27 from the three-point line, so... They really had a shot to win this game. They just could not get it done.
2: Yeah, this is one of those that you pick in your bracket. You pick the seven over the two, and you're really happy when it happens because you know that you have that little inkling to make that decision, right? And that was me here. I was happy that Michigan State got it done against Marquette because I thought I, I you can rely on Tom Izzo come March. That's just not a guy you want to see on your side of the bracket. And Chaka Smart, I mean, post-VCU, it's just been rough for him in the month of March. I mean, te- both Texas and Marquette, he just has not performed well.
1: I think he'll get it done at some point, though. I He's still pretty young. He's got a lot of time to make something happen here. I still think he's got a good shot at becoming a legendary coach. Yep. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, Michigan State moves
0: on. Then we had UConn St. Mary's. Not not a great game. Uh, St. Mary's hung around for the most of the first half, but UConn pulls away and they are soundly in the Sweet 16. Um, and then we had Creighton Baylor, kind of a similar situation. Close for the first half. Creighton kind of pulled away, got about a 10 point lead, and and kind of kept it for most of the game. Uh, Baylor kind of poked their head back in there a few times, but uh, but Creighton dominated for most.
1: Not dominated, but they they got a lead and held it. Yeah, they they looked like the better team more consistently throughout this game than Baylor, which I thought Baylor would be a lot better coming into this, so I had him picked to play Bama in their region, but you know, they just couldn't quite get it done. Creighton's been a lot more solid in the tournament.
2: Yeah, to me I had Creighton winning this game against UC Santa Barbara, so I'm really happy that Baylor did not get it done. Uh but you know <clears throat> Creighton was just very consistent down the stretch, like you guys said. And you look at the box score here. Creighton did not miss a single free throw. They attempted twenty-two of them. That's really, really impressive. A lot.
1: I mean, we've seen how free throw issues can really play into March. Uh, It's it's been quite quite the thing in this March in particular. Just missing free throws down the stretch has proved lethal for teams.
0: Yeah. Uh, The next one we had FDU FAU. I think you know most of the country was rooting for FDU here and. And they really fought the whole way, had a lead with a few minutes left, but just couldn't hit their shots down the stretch, and and FAU was, and that's kind of what it came down to. FAU moves on to the Sweet 16
1: as a 9 seed. Yeah, this was unfortunate for FDU, and th- I thought it was a really funny battle just because both their coaches look kind of funny. Like, FAU's coach looks like the most normal guy at FDU's.
2: He I is mean, a very funny-looking guy. He's
1: a very strange-looking man. Looks like so, he's out of a cartoon, he, like he does. Looney Tunes or something. He seems like a true gentleman, though, yeah, but he is about very efficient nice at the end of the game. He oh, seems yeah. like a great dude, so it's a real disappointment to see him go. And then, obviously, FAU's coach making comments about, we got to learn those Australian rugby rules when he played Tennessee. Like, come on, to get a grip, but I mean, FAU at the last second they tried that ridiculous dunk so I think we got a little bit more uh, favor heading our way despite Beating up on poor innocent Duke who has never poor innocent a, Duke who's who's never, never done an, anything. Yeah, they've never played yes. a dirty game in their life.
2: Sorry, Jay Billis, it's the truth. You had Grayson Allen, the dirtiest player in college basketball history, on your team.
1: Don't forget Leitner. Everybody hates. Leit- oh guy yeah, too. I hate
2: Christian Leitner. That's a thirty for thirty for a reason. Exactly, you know? man. It is. Uh, so, like we were saying, we usually it's everybody versus Tennessee, and that would have been the case if FDU had won yesterday. But yep. no, it's not the case and with that attempt at a 360 windmill against a 16 <laughs> seed at the end of the game i think it's going to be the world versus fau not the world versus tennessee i'm i'm
1: hoping so but I mean, there is still just that huge crowd that's like, well, Tennessee played really physical, and that's
2: not how you're supposed to play basketball. Well, if you, look at, if you attempt a 360 windmill dunk to end the game, you're just dirty. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. You no, are.
1: I'm with you for sure, but I mean, ah, I honestly loved how Tennessee played basketball. That, I love watching basketball like that. I love it when it's physical, when it's nasty, when it's rough, when you're actually challenged to make shots. It's why I love the college over NBA is because the NBA, yeah, they're better players, no doubt about it, But it really, these days, it just feels like a shooting contest where whoever runs down the court the fastest and chucks up a three wins because everybody can hit them. Yeah.
0: Um, And we'll talk a little bit more about that FAU-Tennessee matchup here in a minute. Getting into the last two games of the night, though, Miami versus Indiana. Uh, Indiana hung around for a little bit, but Miami and their guard play ultimately were kind of the the deciding factor in this one. They win by 16.
2: Something's Wong. Very, very (laughs) Wong about this game. (laughs) very Wong yeah um, I have Miami in my final four for a reason
1: I did did not personally I thought that well I have Texas winning out of that region but I thought Indiana would get it done I I liked how the Hoosiers were playing towards the end of the season I mean I feel like it it was a classic Hoosiers team which is why I was kind of predisposed to it because they were playing some really solid fundamental basketball and just playing well and I mean, they had Trace Jackson Davis. I thought he would be good. Jalen Hojfino, you know, all the guys. But Miami just lights it up. And for whatever reason, they continue to be a tournament presence. Yeah, but
0: as I always say, guards are what gets it done in March. And uh, it's true. And John Rothstein's got a saying, what is it? Uh, more guards than, than something. Shawshank. Yeah, more guards than Shawshank. So. <laughs> Uh, some great guards over there. Miami definitely led by by Isaiah Wong. Big win for them, and and they'll definitely be an interesting matchup in the Sweet 16. Uh, last one, TCU-Gonzaga. TCU kind of has a lead most of this game. Gonzaga fights back, gets the win, but does not cover. Um, all-time bad beat. TCU <laughs> hit a buzzer beater with uh, .7 seconds left. They rolled it down the court and hit a three to cover the spread. Crazy end of that game, um, but but... On a more important note, Gonzaga really was losing that whole game. Drew Timmy, 28 points, fights back, and and beats TCU to get uh, their 8 straight Sweet 16.
1: Yeah, I picked TCU in this one. I had TCU versus Gonzaga, and I thought TCU would just have more momentum, better guard play, but Drew Timmy just took it over, and he looked killer in this one, just absolute animal. Uh, He's just really, really good when it comes to tournament time, I feel like. This is just a guy who comes to play.
2: Yeah, it's unfortunate for the guy himself, Mr. Mike Miles. But, uh, you know, you you really – obviously Gonzaga gets a lot of hate, right, because they play in a, a crappy conference and just get to beat up on everybody else. But, I mean, it's like – it's the same thing with Mark Few as Eric Musselman. He always finds his way into the second weekend mm-hmm. no matter what. So you can't, you can't make fun of them for that. I mean, we can make fun of them all we want to for, you know, not winning any national championships, having nothing to show for. But, you know – they're consistently there.
0: Absolutely. Yep. Um, so that's kind of what happened in those first couple of days, a, a great first couple of days, the tournament. Um, but I think, you know, I, I think those four days are definitely the best days, right? But we're going to have some better matchups, I think, next week and Going to be not as much basketball. You're not sitting there for 12 hours for four days straight, but going to be some great matchups. And we'll kind of get into predicting those in a minute because – Next time we record, we will have a Final Four, so we'll, we'll make our predictions for who's going to come out of each of these brackets. Uh, but first, hit on some coach talk a little bit. Uh, a lot of changes in the Big East. Ed Cooley goes from Providence to uh, Georgetown and Rick Pitino from Iona
1: to St. John's. These are both great moves for these programs. I think it's helping. Them, it's going to help them out a lot in the long run. I think it's a good move in particular for Ed Cooley to make. Uh, Providence has a pretty low ceiling. That's just a very small school, not a lot of resources. There's only so much you can do, despite the fact that it's a good basketball school. At least it has been under Cooley. But Georgetown, you have a pretty big ceiling, especially with what they've achieved in the past. There's a lot of expectation. It's a traditional program, and that's very hard to turn down. And Rick Bettino gets himself right back in the game.
2: Yeah, I would have to agree with Dom here. These are good moves, I think, overall. I mean, obviously Providence is in a much better spot right now than Georgetown was just because of how bad things have been mm-hmm. under Patrick Ewing. But, you know, there's history there. And you bring in a guy like Ed Cooley, who's done well somewhere else, I think that's going to go a long way. Now, it's going to be interesting to see how Rick Pitino does just getting back into the power six, I guess, uh, just because of, you know, what, what happened over there at Louisville. But... I think overall this is going to be a good move for the Red Storm. May have a chance to make them relevant again.
1: Yeah, and I feel like it's a low risk move for St. John's. They're not a school with a ton of publicity, so no. it it just makes sense for them.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think Rick Patino is a good coach, so he'll be fine in that sense. will just be how can he recruit, you know, in the in the Big East? Obviously recruited in the Big East before with Louisville, but things have changed with NIL, transfer portal, all of that. So it'll be interesting. I forgot that Louisville is in the Big East. Um and then Ed Cooley, uh, you know, kind of a interesting move, moving inter-conference. We'll definitely get some boos when they play for the first time, but it is definitely the better move for his career because that brand name that uh, exists at Georgetown. All right, uh, before we get out of here, let's kind of break down and predict what we think is going to happen in each region this weekend. We will start with the South, Alabama, San Diego State, Creighton, and Princeton. Uh what do we think is going to happen? Just give me when these this these game and, and, and who gets
1: out. I think it's a pretty easy alabama Creighton matchup with Bama advancing. I, Sadly. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's going to be a lot of competition, especially on Bama's end. I think San Diego State will play somewhat good, but they don't have anywhere near the level of physicality that Bama has, and if it gets if it gets a bit tough, Bama's going to make it physical, and San Diego State's not going to be able to prevail. Unless they hit every single three they take, they're just not winning that one.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm right here with Dom, unfortunately, and I just think Bama is going to be too much for San Diego State, like they were Maryland. Uh, you know, we've all we've talked about that price you pay with upsets, and I think we're going to see it here with Princeton, unfortunately, uh, just because I think Creighton is a tough team. They got a lot of guys that can make plays, and you know, Mizzou and Arizona don't quite have that consistency that Creighton's got right now. So, I like Creighton to win that game, and I. I think the bama Creighton game will be better than people expect. but Yeah, I can agree with that. Bama just hasn't—they really haven't been challenged in this region, I don't think. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they will be until they see Creighton in the Elite Eight.
1: They need a team that can beat them physically. And Creighton has a way better shot at that than Princeton does, obviously. So I'd like to see Creighton just to give Bama a decent run for their money.
0: Yeah, I'll vary from you guys a little bit here. Obviously, I think Alabama gets out of this region. I think they have the easiest path of really anyone to get to the Final Four. However, I kind of like Princeton to beat Creighton. Um, they've they've handily beat both the teams they've played so far. I think Arizona and Missouri are both better teams than Creighton, in my opinion. Creighton's been spotty. Um, I think if Princeton plays the way they played in those first two games, there's no reason they shouldn't be able to beat Creighton, so... I'm predicting for the first time or the second time in two two straight years we have 15 seed in the Elite Eight, uh, but but they fall to Alabama. Alabama is just going to be too much for them. Uh, we'll head down to the East. I think the bracket that or the part of the bracket that is of the most interest to us, uh, we'll start with FAU, Tennessee, then Kansas State, Michigan State. Actually, it's the opposite: Kansas State, Michigan State, then FAU, Tennessee at nine. Um, Kansas State, Michigan State. Start there than FAU Tennessee.
1: This is a tough one for me to call, honestly. I think that Kansas State and Michigan State is going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be a contest between Marquise Noel and Joey Hauser. I definitely think Michigan State has the advantage down low, but Kansas State does have the better guard play, and there might that might just be what helps them get in. So I'm going to roll with my guy on this one just because I think that he was on fire against Kentucky. There's no reason he can't do it again. He's been really good all season. God to go with my guy.
2: This is a really difficult decision to make because I can really see three of these four teams making it out to the Final Four, uh, just excluding Florida Atlantic. I mean, even if they beat Tennessee, I don't think they're going to get through the Elite Eight. Uh, but, you know, I think Kansas State's got a good shot. Like Dom's saying, his guy plus Keontae Johnson, I think they could get him there. And obviously we trust Izzo. Tennessee has been surprising of late, but I mean, the thing is, you know, there is just some inconsistencies there. I don't know if I like Tennessee to get through the Elite Eight necessarily. Uh, so, I would probably go with—I'll say Michigan State here.
0: Yeah, so I mean, give me give me Tennessee and Michigan State in the Elite Eight, um, and and cue uh, Meek Mill dreams and nightmares here, because that's what happens <laughs> to me, right? You know, yeah, I'll you, have you
2: to, will have to go in your torture chamber. I, I, I will
0: have <laughs> if that happens, which I think it will um i will have a guaranteed team in the final four which is awesome but i also have to watch the two teams i root for all season play each other which is not fun welcome yes. to the um, keegan Krause torture chamber and this is a rare situation because i feel like in most pro sports there's not many people who are real fans of two teams right mm-hmm. like that like there are people who are fake fans of two teams yes yeah but like i'm a real fan of the i've watched almost every tennessee and michigan state basketball game I have real allegiance to both. Like you know, I, I grew up watching Michigan State from, you know, the day I was born, and I obviously go to Tennessee and cover the sport here. So, like, I have real allegiances to both. So, it is it is tough. You know
2: You're what? Gonna, you, know know what's, you know what's hilarious about this is that these two played in the first yeah. exhibition mm-hmm. this year, and like I before didn't get, the Gonzaga And I didn't one.
0: get to see it. So, now yeah. we'll, uh, who You got won? a chance to see it. And tennis, Tennessee Tennessee, won, I Tennessee, I believe, won. did get it done. Yeah, yeah. I, yep. um, I think it'll be interesting. I think – If I'm going to be consistent, what I've been preaching all year is guard play wins in March. Tennessee doesn't have their starting point guard. Michigan State has two of them, three of them really. Uh, I think Michigan State is able to sneak by, but I think that would be a great game and be interesting to see. Um, I I mean, I'm obviously rooting for that matchup to happen because I'd rather have a guaranteed team in the Final Four than not. But I wouldn't complain at a – Kansas State Tennessee game or Michigan State FAU game just to not have to like go through that two hours of basically torture. But uh, yeah, I think in the moment I'll be rooting for Michigan State and Tennessee to meet, obviously.
1: Yeah, you got to wear one of those stu- you got to make one of those stupid shirts, though. That has like, yeah, 10. I will not be doing <laughs> that. Do, do like the 10 and then state on one side. Well, <laughs> and- house
0: divided shirt.
1: <laughs> but uh, I, I will actually,
0: I've no, I've already decided I will be wearing all black. Okay. I'm actually I'm going to be wearing I, It's a funeral. I, I'm, I'm going to be wearing a, a hat that says college basketball on. It, <laughs> it is gonna, a funeral
1: so, for I'm you. I'm going to have the NCAA I'm, yeah, turn yeah, I'm going to pull the <laughs> Rob low. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, 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 I, I don't want to sleep on this FAU matchup though because I mean they are ranked pretty high in the I'm Ken KenTon. I'm sleeping on uh, it. I'm sleeping on it. A Tennessee yeah. should win. I want them to win like crazy, but you know, I I always get so scared when we play these worst teams. I'm more confident when we're playing better teams because we beat better teams. But we nah, seem you're tripping. To...
0: I would rather play FAU than Zach Eady. I would not want to have to deal with Zach Eady for 40 minutes. I'm good on that.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, man, we step up to the plate against better teams. Now,
0: I would, I think, I would rather have FAU than FDU probably yeah. at this point. But yeah, I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting there. I think Kansas State, Michigan State, will be the better game. I think that's going to be. You know, a couple great guards on both sides going at it. Keontae Johnson's obviously very good for them. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think this is this is a better reason people think. You know, there's not one and two seeds here, but it'll be some good games. Uh, moving up to the top of the region, Midwest. This was kind of the, the most chalky region here. One, two, three, five. Uh, Houston, Miami, and
1: Xavier, Texas. What are we thinking here? I think that the game to watch will definitely be Xavier against Texas. I think these are both really good teams that have a great shot at winning this game. I I don't know who I want to go with exactly, but I lean towards Texas just because they've been more deep and more consistent all year. Xavier's been probably one of the best teams in the Big East, and they've been one of the more consistent Big East teams, but Texas is just... They, they just have that air about them right now. I think that Texas is kind of becoming a little bit of a team of destiny in this tournament. I felt it at the start. They just seem like a team that's really, really
2: good coming
1: into this, and I think they have to beat Xavier.
2: Give me the Miami Hurricanes to get to the Final Four. I think that we're going to see great matchups all around. I think Houston, Houston's going to choke somewhere. Agree. It, it, it just agree. It just happens every time Houston gets into the tournament as a one seed or just a higher seed in general, right? And I think Xavier, Texas is going to be great. I actually have Xavier winning this game, though. I, I don't know what it is about it. I just don't trust Texas to get through to the Final Four. I, I don't. So, I I'll, I think I've got my yeah Miami and Xavier in the next round. I think we're going to see a high-scoring affair, and I think Isaiah Wong is going to put the team on his back eventually, and the Hurricanes will get into the Final Four.
0: Um. I think that's an inevitable Houston Texas matchup. That's what I want to see here. Uh, I predicted Texas my national champion, and despite kind of a close game against Purdue, I'm I'm still sticking with it for for the time being. because um, why not? Uh, got got a ride with it. Um, and with that reason, you know, I like Texas beating Houston. I agree. I think Houston is not a national championship team in my mind.
1: Yeah, I can't I can't picture them winning or going to the Final Four, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense for me. So I think they'll lose to either Texas or Miami here.
0: Last region, also a little chalky, uh, except for Arkansas being Kansas, obviously. You have Arkansas, UConn, Gonzaga, UCLA. I think this is honestly going to be one of the most fun region to watch. Mm-hmm. And th- these are the two best games. Um, I've let you guys start every time. I'll start here. Uh, I like UConn. I think they've looked really good uh, despite Musselman's success. Uh, I'll move on UConn, and he does not reach his third straight Elite Eight. Uh, I think UCLA is just better than Gonzaga straight up, Uh, despite their injury. I think Drew Timmy had his big game last game. It doesn't happen again. UCLA moves on, gets revenge for the Final Four game a few years ago, uh, and then they end up beating UConn in the Elite Eight to claim their Final Four spot.
1: Yeah, I think in this region, it will be a lot of fun. I don't think Arkansas wins that matchup either because they have been great in the tournament and they have gone on this really killer run. But I've seen too much of an inconsistent Arkansas this season. I I can't picture them being completely consistent for this tournament in a way they haven't been all season long. So I got to go with UConn. Even though UConn's got a little bit of the same problem, I think that UConn just has the better offense and I think they have more guys who can create shots than Arkansas. So I'm going with UConn, but down low, I think that's going to be a really fun matchup. However, I'm with you on UCLA. I think they're the better team. I think they're more consistent. I think, I think they're the safer bet for sure.
2: Yeah, I will agree with you guys on Arkansas and UConn. UConn has got three guards that I think can really mess with people and, Arkansas, like I said, they don't have the scary guard this year. That's just not who they are. So I like UConn to win this one. This was actually supposed to happen last year, by the way. If uh, UConn didn't slip up in the first round of New Mexico State, these two would have played, I believe, in a 4-5 matchup. Uh, And then Gonzaga-UCLA. This game has not been played very often in the tournament, I think just twice ever, but it always delivers. I think it will deliver this time around. I think UCLA gets it done because – Like Houston, Gonzaga is always going to drip up somewhere in the tournament. You just know it's going to happen. It's inevitable. I think UCLA gets it done here. They will see UConn in the Elite Eight. This is going to be a tough one for UCLA, but I think they'll be able to get it done just because of how consistent they are. UConn, like you guys have said, is not always the most consistent team, and I think that's going to be their downfall.
0: All right, so that is it for this one. Um, crazily. 11 days from when we recorded our podcast previewing the NCAA tournament, we will have a final four. That's how quick this tournament is. That's how insane this tournament is. Um, the final four talk will be interesting. I, I'll be excited to see who's there. Uh, hopefully we'll be talking about a team that at least one of us roots for uh, being in it. We, we theoretically, if, if we're counting Kansas state as a team we root for, have a <laughs> 75% chance.
2: That's crazy.
0: Yeah. Um, now, with our luck, we'll see the FAU Owls heading to Houston. <laughs> but uh, hopefully that's not the case. i super excited for this next weekend of games. Um,
2: anything else from you guys? That's it for me. Just watch some basketball, man.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to get to it,
0: man. All right, we will be back next week, hopefully. With uh, some some good news, but when you're heading to the final four, there's always someone who's not happy. You never know, but uh, but hopefully ma- hopefully one of us is taking a trip to Houston or or something like that. Uh, we'll see. They're playing
2: basketball oh, all around we the have world. Their uh, uh, to the beach, you